There is no one on earth who is always good and never sins. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good Monday morning, my friends. I hope that you're rested and uh, feeling good after the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, some of you probably still have children home from school today. Uh, But thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, study with us. We're moving on today in Luke chapter 13, moving into the second half of Luke's gospel. There are 24 chapters. And today we pick up with another teaching of Jesus on repentance And repentance, we mentioned on Friday, is about turning from your sinful trajectory and turning toward life with Christ. Now, to turn from a sinful trajectory means that you must recognize the trajectory of life that you're on is, in fact, sinful. (laughs) If you're unwilling to recognize the sinful direction of your life, if you're unwilling to recognize that you are, in fact, an inheritor of the human condition, sinful at your birth, um, then that's a problem. Uh, The Holy Spirit of God can only convince you of that, can only point that out to you. And and then pointing that out to you help help you recognize your need for God's grace and mercy. Uh, We only turn from a sinful trajectory in life if we are prompted by the Spirit to realize that we are in fact sinners in need of grace. One of the biggest arguments I hear all the time uh, from people who uh, want to argue about uh, whether or not their good deeds or their self-righteousness is enough uh, to get them into heaven, can they work their way, can they prove their worth, uh, is that they're good people. I'm a good person. Uh, I hear that all the time. In fact, I meet good people all the time who are not walking with Jesus. But the reality is salvation is not a matter of being morally good. You can still be morally good for all the wrong reasons, and that's a sin. (laughs) Uh, And so being good is not good enough. Um, Every person uh, who breathes uh, the breath of earth into their lungs is sinful at their birth. Um, is is on a trajectory that would keep them from God, that would naturally keep them from God. Uh, it is not our natural inclination to be, uh, to be godly, to pursue God, to move in God's direction. Uh, God has to awaken us to his presence. God has to awaken us to our sinful state uh, and help us see that despite how good we think we are, our goodness is not enough to save us. And um, we are all sinners in need of grace. doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, what country you're from, what religious background you have, how successful you are in business, how successful you are in relationships, how challenged you have been, how poor you are, how um, uneducated you are, how educated you are. It doesn't matter. Every person, everywhere, at all times on this earth apart from grace, apart from Jesus, is a sinner in need of the grace and mercy of God for salvation. Uh, We cannot check ourselves at the door because of our goodness. Um, Our goodness, the Bible says, is uh, a stench to God. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't matter. It doesn't add up to 
being worthy of salvation. Nothing makes us worthy of salvation. God uh, won our salvation uh, on the cross through his son, Jesus Christ's death and ultimate resurrection. And um, sin is a reality for each of us. And facing it can be hard. Facing it can be humbling. Uh, Facing it or the process of facing it oftentimes makes people kind of angry. They don't like admitting the fact that uh, they fall short in some area, but the gospel teaches that. The New Testament letters teach that. Uh, Paul says in Romans 3.23, For all have fallen short uh, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's just the reality of our existence here. And so Jesus teaches again today on repentance. Repentance is recognizing that we're sinners, recognizing that we're on a sinful trajectory, and turning from that trajectory and turning toward Jesus. And so we're going to read in this passage today from Luke 13, 1 through verse 9 about another teaching on repentance. But before we do that, let's go to the throne. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you for time with family and time to recuperate from work and busyness in life. Uh, And I hope that all of my friends listening today had a wonderful holiday and that they're feeling rested and ready to go today, Lord God. Father, would you send your spirit to teach us, to convict us, to awaken us to our true state? Uh, Lord, would we stop trying so hard to prove that we're worth uh, your salvation and that we're good enough? And would you bring us to the place where we come to our knees and we recognize how desperately we need a Savior? We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you for your word and pray that your spirit would teach us through it today. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. All right, Luke 13, 1 through 9. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig it, dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. This is an interesting parable that Jesus tells at the end of the story. Uh, I like uh, the implications of the first four or five verses uh, when Jesus is talking to the people who asked him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Um, Jesus questions them uh, on the matter of the sinfulness of those Galileans. And he is saying, are you trying to tell me that their sin was worse than your sin or the sin of these other people uh, who had the tower in Siloam fall on them. There was a notion that when bad things happened in that era of history, 
there was a notion that when bad things happen to people, someone's sin must be the responsibility for those bad things that happened. Um, that someone sinned and then these people were being punished. There was retribution being taken out on these people for their sins. And Jesus is leveling the playing field here by saying their sin was no greater or no less than the sin of these people. Um, and your sin is no greater or less than the sin of any of them. And the reality is, unless you all repent, you too will perish for your sins. You will spend an eternity perishing for your sinfulness. And then he tells a parable, a story, to try to make a point. And it's really a parable about uh, God, the Father, and Jesus, the Son, and about grace and mercy, and about God choosing to relent from his wrath toward, in this story, an unproducing fig tree, and in life, uh, an unrepentant sinner, um, by rights, uh, and God's justice and wrath towards sin. He has every right to cut us off. He has every right to disinclude us from the kingdom. He has every right to shut the door in our faces. But because of grace and mercy, he chooses not to do that. Because of his son's desire to seek and save those who are lost, God relents. God God is patient. God gives us time in this life to repent from our sins. Now, as we spoke on Friday, even our repentance is the result of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, wooing us toward grace, wooing us toward salvation, wooing us toward a recognition of our sinful state, that we might awaken to our real need and awaken to the reality that we too are sinners who will perish because of our sins on the basis of the righteous justice and judgment of God. Um, towards sin if we don't repent and turn toward Jesus. The very repenting and turning toward Jesus says that the Holy Spirit has awakened us to the reality of our sinful state and our need for grace and mercy. And I mentioned on Friday that repentance is for this life. We have this life to reckon ourselves with God. We are not promised any time beyond this life. In fact, we see over and over again in the teachings of Scripture that when this life ends, then we're faced with uh, God's righteous judgment and God's righteous uh, justice toward uh, us on the basis of our sins. And if we're not covered in the grace and mercy of the cross, if we're not covered in the blood of Jesus, then in that moment, at the end of our lives, when we face God and his judgment seat, uh, we're going to be in big trouble uh, because we're not going to have any excuse for our sins. Uh, Jesus is our covering. Jesus is our atonement. God makes us righteous in Christ on the basis of his uh, perfect sinless life, on the basis of his death on our behalf. He took the punishment. He took the wrath for our sins. And I pray that uh, each of us would be awakened to our need for grace and mercy. And that we would, in fact, repent, that we would make that about face, and that we would turn from sin and we would turn toward Jesus and live with him and for him in the world. All right, my friends, uh, there is your scriptural encouragement for Monday morning. 
Perhaps you are around some people in your life right now that you recognize as folks who have not been awakened to their need for grace, as folks who have not turned and repented from their sins and are moving toward Jesus, but are in fact on a trajectory that is widening the gap between them and Christ. And I would pray that you would have the courage to tell them about Jesus. I pray that you would have the courage to model for them a Christ-like example in your dealings in the business place, in your neighborhood activities, in your community activities, that those you're around would see and hear in your witness a person who, uh, whose life has been changed because of Jesus and who awakened to their need for grace and moved in the direction of their Savior. All right, my friends, God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch up again tomorrow.